What's up, you guys? Welcome back. This week, we've got an awesome guest with us, Fisher Timothy. He's one of Nathan's friends from school, actually. And he is going to share with us a pretty vulnerable story just yeah. about his his life. It's going to be a super, super awesome episode. We had a really fun time recording it. Nathan, you want to share a little yeah, bit more about absolutely. Fisher? So Fisher and I grew up together. We actually both went to West Jordan High School. You guys can find Fisher on Instagram. It's F-I-S-H-96 on Instagram. Fisher, we wanted to bring him on because Fisher has a really interesting story. He actually has been married twice now. He got his first marriage and a divorce, and now he's in a super happy and awesome marriage that we're really excited about. But we feel like there's so many lessons that we can learn from just going through that experience. And so we really, really appreciate Fisher for coming on and being willing to be so vulnerable and share his whole story, even though that wasn't easy at all. But there's so many great lessons here, guys. Seriously, listen to this episode with an open mind because you're going to find a lot of great nuggets of how you can apply that to your own relationship and your own future. Yeah, whether you're it. whether you're dating, whether you're already married, whether you're engaged, like wherever you're at, I really feel like he, because he was so like willing to share with us the things that he learned, I think it's something that, that yeah. hopefully will, will help a lot of you. So Absolutely. we hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let us know if you have any feedback and yeah. let's get into it. Welcome to the Marriage Prep Podcast. I'm Nathan Hooper. And I'm Allie Hooper. In this podcast, we will give you all the resources that you need to go from dating or engaged to creating a lasting marriage that will bring you more happiness than you ever thought possible. Here, we're going to interview experts and discuss important topics like how to know if your partner is right for you. We will provide you guys a list of questions and conversations that you need to be having to make sure you're both ready for marriage and on the same page. We will even dive deep into topics like sexual intimacy, finances, how to have a fair fight, and a whole lot more to make sure you can step up to that altar with complete confidence. So subscribe now and make sure you guys don't miss any episodes and we'll see you in there. What is up, guys? Today, we are super excited to have one of my good buddies, Fisher Timothy, on the podcast here with us. How's it going, Fish? Good, good. Happy to be here. Good, man. So Fisher has a pretty interesting story. And we're super excited to learn from Fisher. And I think he has a lot of wisdom he has to share. So we want to kind of give you the floor, Fisher, and tell us your story of how you got to where you're at right now and just kind of hear it let you take over. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the the meat of it is I was 23 years old and divorced, yeah. <laughs> which is never something you want to admit to anybody out loud. It's mm-hmm. kind of an embarrassing thing. But yeah, I mean, my story is, is I, I served an LDS mission, came home in 2017. So I was 22 going into my freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. And I had met a girl that was just lived in my apartment complex. And it was mostly a physical attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought she's cute. I mean, I, I would dare to say that's how what sparks most relationships <laughs> right. is yeah. you're attracted to the person. So there's this cute girl and you know, I kind of shot my shot and started hanging out with her. And at first, just like any other new relationship, it was good. Mm-hmm. It was the honeymoon phase, as people like to call it. And things just started progressing. And within maybe two or three weeks, we were officially dating mm-hmm. as of, you know, not seeing anybody else. And things were good. It's pretty textbook to come home from a mission in our culture, right? And yeah. just mm-hmm. jump into a relationship. And most times those end in marriages or mm-hmm. engagements at least. Right. So, I mean, at this point, you know, we're we're dating a semester past at this point, the relationship's pretty good. Mm-hmm. There's obviously things that I like didn't love about her, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, nobody's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, some of those things were just motivation was a huge thing. Like I 
think that I'm a highly motivated person. Mm -hmm. I'm very ambitious. When I was going to school, I was working full time. I was going to school. I was taking 15 credits. You know, I was go, go, go. And she was almost the polar opposite where she had classes. She wouldn't attend them. Mm. She was barely passing school, failing most classes. Mm. So that was a huge red flag. Not to say that you should never date anybody that doesn't. Struggling. Yeah. Especially in school because school's not for everybody. Yeah. Especially, I keep speaking to our culture because I think a lot of my story has to do with our culture. Yeah. But I think our culture is, you know, there's that expectation. You go to school or you go on a mission or you do both. And so I think she was just kind of there just as part of what she, nothing else really to do. Exactly. Thanks for helping out with what I was trying to say. (laughs) So that was something that always bothered me is that she didn't care. She didn't prioritize things. Mm. And that should have been a huge red flag for me in the get go. But I just tried to love her anyways and things started to progress. And then I think we met our, each other's families a little bit too soon. Mm. So that's like my first word of advice yeah. is don't meet families. Don't put them into the equation too soon because especially from her family, there's a lot of pressure. They didn't necessarily have this expectation that she would ever get married during her college days. And mm-hmm. so they were thrilled that she was dating someone. And her mom straight up asked me like, when are, when, what's our plan to get married? Yeah. So I always felt mm-hmm. this pressure from her family. Especially. How, how soon was that into like your guys' relationship that you? Yeah. So we started dating in September and then this was November. We met, I met wow. them at Thanksgiving. They're originally from the West coast. They mm. came here to Utah for, to come. A lot of the kids live here. So they rented a house and we all had so Thanksgiving with them. Two okay. months in, you meet the parents and then they're kind of asking you, you know, what's your plans? When are you guys getting married? Like they're already like going into it. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh. when I, I, it wasn't light, it was very heavy. They laid it on thick. Like, wow. I mean, she was asking me about a ring, what my budget was. And oh, I mean, I was, wow. I was poor at the time. Like I, the only money I had for my mission was the money that I saved to buy a car uh, to come home to. And then I jumped into school. I had a few scholarships, but you start sure. to pay for housing. Right. And yeah. I was, I was really struggling for money at the time. <laughs> so, I mean, that freaked me out. Anyways, I don't know why, but I just thought it was normal. Mm. I, mm. I didn't. Well, it's that tough is, when you've never been in that situation before. Sure. You're like, I guess this is what you do now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. So. That really accelerated things in my mind that mm-hmm. I need to start pushing for things. And as we got more serious, the second red flag really came out. She preferred to just hang out the two of us. She preferred to be isolated yeah. from other people. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm a pretty social guy. Yeah. I love being in social groups. Nathan can yeah, probably absolutely. speak to that from <laughs> yeah. you know high school. Totally. I can be loud and <laughs> a little fun. too much yeah, sometimes. Yeah. 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 So anyways, so... I mean, I went from hanging out with people all the time, doing group activities. You know, you're in college too. Mm-hmm. It's right. easy to fun. find those people your age and doing those things and to yeah. really just being in our room the whole time and just hanging out with the two of us. And that's when like things got really started getting bad. We just always had, we were always bickering. It's like we were siblings, like wow. almost. Mm. I don't know. I can't speak to everybody, but my siblings and I are constantly bicker, totally. especially growing right. up. So this was, that's the best I could describe. It's like siblings, like everything. Like you're always irritable at this person and everything irritates you and you're always at each other's throats. I think when you're with someone constantly, it's hard not to be, yeah. right? Like you're, mm-hmm. when you're, when it's just the two of you, like you need time with other people. So like that makes sense. But right. You're yeah. probably kind of justified it that way. Absolutely. Yeah. And the only time away I had from her was the time I was at work. And then that's when I was at school a couple hours and then, mm. you know, until midnight, every night I was with her. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was extensive periods of time. So then we got into our second semester and there was a lot of that pressure I'd mentioned earlier yeah. about getting engaged and 
we've been dating for four or five months and it kind of felt like that's where you're at. Yeah. Um, so my best friend from my mission, who was my roommate, actually started dating her friend mm. and they got in, they were planning on getting engaged. Wow. So we introduced them and then they hit it off and they were about to get engaged. Jeez. So then I was like, crap, I better, yeah, you know, yeah. I better <laughs> get this done. I don't want to, it sounds so stupid, but there's, there's so many things oh, yeah. that motivated this to accelerate. One of them was like, I don't want to have to find another roommate. Yeah. <laughs> like as dumb as it sounds, yeah. like, that was yeah. one of the reasons, not the only reason. Sure. And then those other pressures that I mentioned. So we, we get engaged. I ended up buying a ring that was not a real diamond mm -hmm. and it's not super important, but it is something that was always an issue later on. Okay. The materialistic things kind of sometimes were an issue. And that's just because that's simply what I could afford at the yeah, time. Totally. Anyways, so we got engaged and it, things were rocky during that period. And then they only kind of got progressively worse. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily bickering. It was, there was more, I, I said we were at each other's throats, but like when I, it's more so now at this time, like rude comments, feelings were always hurt. Yeah. We, others would like, we'd get in a fight and then she'd storm away and then in my mind, like you have to resolve this right away. And that was always the wrong thing to do, mm -hmm. especially I mean, every relationship's different, but yeah. in my relationship, like we needed time away when we, you know, had these moments and I don't know why I thought that they needed to be solved immediately. Cause I did not want mm -hmm. this to progress into a bigger issue. Yeah. So, and then, so I was always pressing to hurry and solve issues and I was chasing her, whether that was, she would like leave and go to her apartment. And I'd go into her apartment and try to like make things better. And, mm -hmm. So it was a lot of this back and forth with these fights. Yeah. What were, if you don't mind me asking Fisher, what was like the most common theme of your fights? Like what were you guys usually fighting about? Do you remember? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing for me was like, I wanted to go out and be with people. And, and there was like things like, I, I remember one particular fight over like watching a scary movie she refused to watch. And I was just like, you know, there's this group of 12 people that are waiting on us to come watch this movie. And I was just embarrassed. Mm. Like, sorry, my girlfriend doesn't want to watch the movie. She's scared. So it probably, probably could have been avoided. I could have probably dropped it, but it was just, there's yeah. little things. Little that, things that became big things. Exactly. Right. There yeah. was never these huge problems, but there, they always became bigger problems because a fight would start and then other things would come into it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I don't know. I thought once we got married that it would, things would be different. Mm. And I really thought that I thought that's what, that's all we needed was just to finally seal the deal. We could be married. We could be intimate. We could do these things that you couldn't do in a yeah. relationship in our culture. And so once we got married, it, it really was good for the first month or two. Mm. Like a lot of our issues kind of dissolved. And then just like before they came right back up and even worse because we literally lived together yeah. at this point. Right. So right. there's no escaping. There's no going back to your dorms. Exactly. Right. You know, she would go to the other room and then I would try to resolve things like I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. and, and that was like the most toxic thing ever in our relationship. It was like these fights that would happen, even if it was over something little and then me trying to hurry and make things better and put a bandaid on it or mm -hmm. whatever. And that's all it ever was, was mm -hmm. just a bandaid. Sometimes I'd say, sorry, I didn't mean it. It was just these things. It's like, I mean, we would spend a few hours a week fighting. I mean, you put oh, that into retrospect. Wow. I mean, that's a lot of time, especially when you're as busy as I was. Mm -hmm. I mean, the biggest thing that, was the point of contention in our marriage was finances. Mm. So mm. as I mentioned, I was always working. Yeah. She didn't share that same desire. Then this is pre pandemic. She preferred to take online classes so she could do her work on her own time, which I think was a better fit for her. Sure. 
but it also enabled her to procrastinate. Mm-hmm. So I'd come home. So I was taking, I was doing more like a hybrid schedule. I'd take some classes online and then some on my, on campus. Mm-hmm. And so I'd work during the day and then I'd go take it to a class and then I'd come home to finish the rest of my schoolwork. And, you know, by this time it was one o'clock too. And sometimes she wasn't even out of bed. Yeah. So that was wow. something that just tore me apart. It's like, how can I be? You're working so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't feel, I just, it really comes down to, I didn't feel appreciated. Yeah. And I just sometimes just got like way too mad. Mm. So yeah, I never want my story to sound like this is all her issues. Of course. This is everything about her marriage is because, and why it failed is because of the things she did. I mean, she did things and then I reacted to them poorly. Yeah. And not to get into too many details, but these fights just got so bad where it was like turning into like, they were, we were yelling at each other, like verbally, like mm. It, mm. verbal altercations, which you should never do with your spouse. Sure. And at this point, we're six, seven months into the marriage and I'm just like, I'm married. I mean, that this is my life now. So I either got to figure out how we can get along or how we can make this work. Mm-hmm. And divorce was never an option for me. And even though sometimes when we'd fight, I'd be like, sometimes I wish like we never got married. Like yeah. those, those are like the things that you should never say yeah, yeah. in fights, but those are like some of the nasty things we would say to each other, yep. like things that like cut deep. And so these are things that we'd say to each other. And I probably actually meant it. Mm-hmm. And I would think, oh, I didn't mean that. It was just, you know, my emotions getting to me. But the reality is, is I probably meant it. And I wish that I probably would have acted upon it. We were probably better off not getting married, obviously, but mm-hmm. we were probably better off just understanding once we were married that it, it was not a good situation before things got progressively worse Yeah, and things did. And we ended up separating for a little bit and then my grandma died mm-hmm. and that resulted to her coming back to, for the funeral because she went home with her parents and we took a little bit of a break. And that's just the, the other sad truth about it is we should probably should have ended it then, mm-hmm. but because of this tragedy happened in the family and so she did not like any of my family. The mm-hmm. one person she did like was my grandma. It's yeah. my mom's mom. And so it was like tough for her because the only person she actually cared about on my side of the family was gone. Yeah. So she came back for the funeral and then we started living together again. And things were much better this time around. We had started going to marriage counseling, which mm-hmm. I 100% recommend for couples that are struggling. Yeah. How did you find your like marriage counselors? How did that happen? Yeah. So we were going to... BYU Idaho and mm-hmm. they do offer free counseling okay. on campus. So we just use our resources. And mm. so I know that's like a huge thing for some people is they yeah. don't think they can afford it. Right. But I know there's t- so many resources out there that you can access the help you need. Totally. So things were getting a lot better, but they just, it, things were better. Doesn't mean they were ever Perfect. really good. Sure. Even a lot of our fights weren't as bad because I knew that she was willing to go back to her parents if she needed to. Mm-hmm. So I, I was almost just walking on eggshells the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And I was just holding in a lot of my thoughts and emotions, which I feel like you should be able to communicate just in the right way. And mm-hmm. I didn't know how to do that. Yeah. So I wish I would have known how to do that. And it just. And how you're saying like how to communicate your emotions in an effective way where it doesn't end up becoming like this big fight or argument. Right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Instead of saying like, you're so lazy, like you don't do anything to contribute mm-hmm. to this marriage. It's like, Hey, like I'm working going to school i'm exhausted I, yeah. I would love if you we could figure out a way for you to help financially yeah and hindsight's 2020 i should right. have said that i should have presented that way or i could have of course i could have sculpted a way to say that better but i never did and it 
his fights were much smaller when mm-hmm. she came back, but it just it was still constant. I just felt like we were both unhappy. Yeah. And again, I never really wanted to get divorced. I didn't mm-hmm. think that that was a good option. Totally. And I was so worried about what people would think if you got divorced. Of course. But I, I was truly miserable. And I realized that more now than then. In the moment, I was just trying to make the best of the situation. And I did have great things going on in my life. I loved my job. School was going good. I still had good friends mm-hmm. that not necessarily we'd get to be together with because she preferred to yeah. <laughs> not be social. but. Right. That I could go escape and from reality from. So I, you know, I do had I did have some good things going on in my life that mm-hmm. kept me afloat. But then just one night, her family was in town, and her and her mom chose to just go off by themselves. And that was the last time I saw her. Really, she just told her mom that she thought she needed a divorce. I'm sorry, that wasn't the last time I saw her. That was the last time that we ever like were we're living together. together. Yeah. yeah, I did see her one last time when she cleaned out the apartment. But right. yeah, wow. So. You know, that's kind of crazy. Huh. By this time I was 23 and divorced. Yeah. So we, it was pretty easy to actually, you know, a lot of people are like, how hard is it to divorce and all these things. And it's when you don't have a lot of assets and you don't mm-hmm. have, you're not There's really that far in a marriage. Yeah. yeah. So we, we kind of just mutually agreed to make this as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. And you know, the funny thing is, is of course I was upset in the moment. Yeah. It was, I was more upset that she left because there was the no, pride, no conversation. You know? yeah, yeah. The pride in me was like, I should have left. Like, yeah. If anyone should have left, it should have been me. And then I got over myself and realized, you know, I'm glad she did that for us because mm-hmm. that was the best thing for us. Yeah. And so there was some legality things. We got it sorted out as fast as possible when we were divorced in a couple of months. And, wow. and I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. I, I, it was never like so many people. I remember my uncle was like, dude, I feel so bad for you. And I was just like, I don't feel bad for myself. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm relieved. <laughs> I just didn't know that I needed this. Yeah. So I know I, the minute the divorce was final, I jumped right back into the dating game. I was ready. Yeah. I know a lot of people think they need, need that time. time mm-hmm. And I'm sure every situation is different. But I was just in a relationship where I felt like I was giving, giving, giving. And then the only thing I got back in return was just anger and fights and stuff. Yeah. I was just so, I just craved a healthy relationship so bad. Yeah. So it took me a few months, but I finally, I started dating seriously again. I always put myself out there. Mm-hmm. What I mean, though, when I say I was ready to date again. Like I was ready to start dating and I eventually, I actually met my wife on the mutual app, which is, you know, how we met. Oh, is it? (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. It, which is, you know, the more I realized it's like, it doesn't matter how you met. Right. But you know, it's kind of, for me, it was kind of embarrassing to say we met on dating app, but it worked. Uh And when we first met, it was, I was, was, it was more at me chasing her. She was, my current wife was our, just getting out of a relationship and she had some baggage from that. Mm -hmm. Um, They, we're planning on getting engaged. Uh-huh. The thing that was really cool is it wasn't necessarily my intention, but we were friends first. Nice. But I, you know, I would have dated her from day one, but she just had some things she needed to work on herself. And then I don't know, it wasn't like my previous relationship where it was just so physical and it was all attraction yeah. from the get go. Like, I, I don't think that we suffer from that in my current relationship, but it wasn't the focus. Mm-hmm. So that was something unique. You know, I was chasing her so hard and she kept me around and I hung out with her her and her roommates a lot and they really liked me. And it was like, I really liked this girl and I really liked her roommate. So it was just like, worst case scenario, I had some good friends out of it. Mm -hmm. And we started finally dating after a few weeks of me. How long, yeah. How long had you been like kind of in like a kind of, I guess a friend zone almost like how long had that period? Yeah. It was probably three weeks. Okay. Which, you know, doesn't sound it felt like freaking internal hell for yeah. me, but it doesn't sound like long for most people. But, yeah. And 
things just always made sense. The very first night that we met, and I realize this now that I should have never been like, hey, you want to go on a drive? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's just what we did the first night. And it was more because I just wanted to just get out of the house. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't kiss or make out or anything. Yeah. But like, anyways, we just talked yeah. and we talked for hours. And it was the first person since that first girl that I've talked to since the divorce that I felt like I could open up to. Mm. I told her everything the wow. first day we met. And so that for me was the biggest contrast from day one was this is someone I could talk to and someone I could relate to. Whereas my wife has not necessarily, she hasn't been through a divorce, mm-hmm. but she, her parents were divorced and she yeah. had gone through that and she was 16 when it happened. So it was relatively fresh and she had understood life a little bit more. I would say she had more life experience. So we really just kind of hit it off. Like I said, more and I was a little friend zoned at the beginning, but yeah. it, it worked perfect for us. And we started to progress and it was everything my relationship wasn't before. It was, I was with people all the time. I was hanging out with her roommates. We were doing things with people. Very rarely did we go off and do things on our own, mm-hmm. which I highly recommend because it only leads to issues, yeah. especially early on. Yeah. And things were just really good. And so then this was early 2020 and then the pandemic hit mm-hmm. and I got furloughed from my job. So that's where I was 40 hours a week. Mm. So now I had 40 extra hours in my hand. Yeah. And we were, this was like lockdown pandemic. Like you yeah. needed to be in your home, you go get your essentials and then you stay locked down in the apartment. And so I just got to spend a lot of time with her during that. And it just, it, it always just made sense. Mm. We, we got along great. Very rarely did we ever have any arguments. Never, ever did we ever even come close to even the teeniest fight. Yeah. And it just comes back to we're friends. Mm. Like, and I have never wanted to put someone first more than my current wife. Wow. My last wife, I felt like I was, I tried to do that at first. And then when I wasn't getting it back, I just turned more selfish. Mm. Whereas my current marriage, my wife would do anything for me. And I hope that she knows that I would do anything for her. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's a de- very different dynamic there. And we got married very quickly, which, mm. you know, most people would be like, you know, I learned I needed to <laughs> take my time and really n- get to know somebody. And I feel like I did accomplish that yeah. just be, just because it was a shorter period of time. We got engaged just like most couples would, you know, five, six months into it. Mm-hmm. The only difference is, is we just eloped <laughs> because yeah. of the pandemic. Okay. I mean, we couldn't go get married and have a merit, uh-huh, uh, like a know, big wedding. ceremony. Exactly. Uh-huh. So we just did it. And so you guys had dated for about six months before you got engaged and married. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So things were just good. Always. When we got married, it was just good. Things have always been good. Mm-hmm. I, I do think I carry a lot of insecurities from my last marriage sure. does affect us. I'm not as open as I once was. I know sometimes I should be more communicative of how I'm feeling. I mean, even today I was like, all right, I'm leaving. She's like, where are you going? I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to the Hoopers. And she's like, what are you talking about? I said, like, I told you last week. <laughs> so it, it might seem minuscule, but yeah. I just don't, I'm not as open as I once was, even though it doesn't sound as big. It's just, sure. I need to learn to communicate a little bit more. And I do think that's damage from my last marriage. I just, Probably. But other than that, it's everything you want in marriage. It's a best friend. It's someone that puts you first, that would do anything for you. And mm-hmm. that's reciprocated. And our motivation, I know that was a huge thing I touched on in my my last relationship. That was a huge fault. Yeah, we, We're both highly motivated. We both have the same goals. 
we both want the same future. Mm. Something I learned is timelines don't always match up perfectly with your spouse, but as long as the goals and the objective is the same, that it's, it's going to work out. Yeah. You know, my wife might want a baby in a year. I might not want a baby for three years, but as long as we want a baby, I think that we're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we worked really hard. We've been really blessed since we've been married. We have great jobs. We've had great opportunities. And the best thing about it is she's part of the family mm. and my family absolutely love her. They probably love her more than they love me. She, <laughs> she called my mom every day. Nice. And you know, I do think there should be more of a balance there because <laughs> in my last marriage, it was, I was going to my parents about every issue uh-huh. and I shouldn't have, I should have worked with her, the marriage counselor. Whereas this relationship, I really do try to keep it internally. Mm. And she's more so like friends with my mom. She doesn't go to my mom and complain about me. Which yeah, is, yeah, I, yeah. I think that's the healthy part of it. Right. But I do think you do need some separation. Well, I'm sure you guys have talked about it. Yeah, you yeah. will talk about it with uh-huh. in-laws. But it's just, it's just good. My family absolutely adores her where they begged and pleaded not for me to marry my last mm. wife. And I ignored them because I thought I knew it was right for me. Yeah. And I didn't. Yeah. And it's just a much better situation. I completely love my wife. I adore her. I don't know where I'd be without her. Parts of me wish that, you know, she, and I know she probably wishes too. She was my first wife. So mm. some of those things were just between me and her, but yeah. she loves me anyways. And that's what I just absolutely love about her marriage is she accepts me for exactly who I am, where I felt like it's always trying to be changed my last marriage. Mm. That's awesome, man. So you guys have been married now with your current wife for about, you said 18, 19 months. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Well, first of all, I mean, I'm just so happy to hear that like you're in such a better place right now. Like just like so happy, like everything is just yeah. so positive. Like that's just so, so awesome sweet. to hear. Yeah. Sounds like there were a lot of lessons from the, like the first marriage to now. And I, yeah, I, I think that's like one thing that I really want to, I want to say really quickly is I think it's cool that it seems like with your first marriage, like it's sad that it had to happen that way, but it seems like you really quickly found out like what was important to you. And then you found that with your, with your wife now, yeah. you know, like everything that was important to you, you kind of like learned maybe the hard way and then you knew really quickly. And that's why you didn't need as much time dating with your current wife. Right. Like yeah. you already knew. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and those are things I, I straight up told my current wife. I said, like, listen, like these are the things that I could not stand or things that really made my words not work. Like these are the things and I, that's the thing I also learned. You can have expectations for your spouse. I know in today's world, it's very progressive. And sometimes those marriage rules are mm-hmm. kind of in question. Yeah. But you can still have expectations. Totally. I mean, I know your wife expects you to be a good man, for yeah. you to be faithful. Right. Like, those, that, that, there can be a list. That's, and yeah, that's I'm something sorry. I learned where as when I first got married, I'm like, you can't change anybody. You have to love them for who they are. Mm. But it's not necessarily you need to change anybody. It's you need to say, these are the things I'm looking for in a spouse and that's yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. And you can have that, those standards that like, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to budge on this. Like, I'm going to find someone who's faithful who we can have an honest conversation and with. We're not. There's things that you other. deserve. Like, yeah. right. You deserve a wife who loves you and who like cares about you and wants the best for you and is willing to help out financially if you guys need it. And you now there's things that, and that's okay. And yeah. that's cool that sad that you had to learn it kind of the hard way, but cool that you know that now and that you sounds like you have that life yeah i'm very lucky that's awesome well i think there's so many lessons like as you've been telling your story fisher there's so many like themes that like kind of popped up for me i want to kind of bring a couple of them out and i want to see what else what other thoughts you have so i mean the first thing i kind of noticed was it sounded like your first marriage was more kind of like a physical attraction was the base yeah versus the second one was a lot more of like a friendship as the base so like that is rooted into like this really positive healthy relationship where your first marriage is more based on the physical relationship the physical aspect of things 
and that ended up kind of becoming a talks relationship. I mean, what would you, was that something you'd agree with or what are your thoughts? Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. So that's a huge thing is like making sure that your relationship is based on like a friendship, like a, not just like a physical attraction. And, and I agree with what you said at the beginning. You're like, I think most marriage, most relationships do start with a physical attraction. Like yeah. you're not going to go on a date with someone if you just like genuinely are like repulsed by them, you yeah. know, like yeah. you're just not going to. So the physical, physical attraction is important, but it shouldn't be the only thing. Yeah, right? exactly. Like if you be, strip everything else away. It can be the away, thing that brings you together initially. But. Yeah. If you strip everything else away and like you're just left with the physical attraction, then that's probably going to be like, uh, you know, a a bad sign, I would say. I think that's awesome. So other thing that theme I kind of noticed was, was that like your goals, like that's something Ali and I have talked about before is like, you need to make sure you're kind of going towards the same trajectory that like your long-term goals are like in the same direction. And it seemed like for your first marriage, you guys didn't have like the same like direction, ambition and goals versus now you guys are working together towards the same thing. Is that kind of this without your, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of those goals have to do with just like our future. And a lot of it comes down to finances. Like that was the biggest part of contention in our marriage. And I mentioned she didn't really contribute. Mm -hmm. So I was probably overly controlling about finances and I still bring some of that into my current marriage, something I can work on. Mm. But the, the biggest thing is, is, my wife is able to like understand where I'm coming from. Whereas the, the last marriage was, I never had that. We never had that understanding. Yeah. Mm. It makes sense. I mean, those are kind of the two biggest themes that I've kind of pulled from your story, Fisher, but any other themes that you guys, Allie or Fisher, you guys have like noticed that within any other themes or thoughts? I, one thing that I noticed, it sounds like you, I don't know, you were able to like communicate more about like what was important to you. And it sounds like you just had a lot more in common with your with your current wife. Like, I mean, even just you said that she like wanted to hang out with her roommates and you a lot more. So like you knew she was social. You kind of learned like what was important to you. So like being social, having a good relationship with family, but not rushing into that like finances. So overall, it sounds like you kind of figured out what was important to you. And she like lined up with a lot of those things. And she probably also valued like all the same things that you did. I don't know. I think yeah. that, I think that, I think you probably just learned what was important to you and, and she, yeah. it was also important to her. So totally like going into a relationship, knowing your standards, knowing what's important to you and then making sure that, that this person that you're dating checks off those boxes. Like, yeah, she is social. She likes to be with people. She gets along well with my family. She wants to work and checking off these boxes that are important to you. And sometimes you have to go through a relationship like Fisher that doesn't work out as well as you might have hoped to learn, okay, these are the things that are most important for me. So I'm not going to make that mistake again, which I think there's correct me if I'm wrong is what kind of allowed you to know that she was right for you within six months and you're able to confidently get married and have a happy, successful marriage so far in that because you knew that she checked all these boxes set for you that you weren't checking your last marriage. Absolutely. And a lot of people are like, well, of course anything's better than your last marriage, yeah. but it's, it's a night and day difference. Awesome. So, and just like you said, yeah, that's beautiful. Well, I want to kind of Fisher, if for those couples right now who might be considering getting married and maybe they're, they're just wondering if this person is right for them, what advice would you have for that person? Whether like, you know, based on your first marriage, like what were some of like the red flags that you're like, I know you kind of mentioned a couple of them as you're telling your story, but what were some of the biggest things that like, this was a big red flag for me. And if I had like known this or someone had told me that earlier, I might've admit done something different. Yeah. There was a lot of times where, and it was on both sides. I would threaten to break up they would threaten to break up. And if that's a common theme, mm. you should probably break up. Yeah. Yeah. And it was probably a way that I manipulated the situation at the time, like to make her prove to me that she cared or to, for her to see that I'm serious mm. and vice versa. I'm sure she did the same. And 
sometimes I meant it, sometimes I didn't. But if that's even on your mind, then that's, I think that's a time you need to step back and think. Yeah. And the thing is, is I know it's hard to be in a relationship and be so invested and spend this time with these people. And to break up, you have to start over with someone new. And that's, that's hard, mm. especially in some instances, people are living together or there's just a lot of yeah. complexities that sometimes come with breakups. And some people just become complacent mm-hmm. and they just choose, they don't need better. Or it's almost, uh, it's almost scarier to leave a bad situation to try to see what else is out there than to like take that step and leave, you know, than to just work like for a better one. Yeah. You know, like it's, it can be hard to take that step than to stick in a, with her in a bad relationship. Well, and something you said, Fisher, like you kind of said, well, maybe if we get married, everything will get better. Right. And it's kind of like, I think that would be, I think a normal thought to have, like maybe once we get like married, it'll get better. Mm-hmm. But I think that marriage just like complicates things. You probably saw that. Like it just, at first it was better, but then like it got worse. And so I think for a lot of, a lot of our listeners, if you're kind of like having some struggles, I would say like really think hard before like marriage is like just solidifying that. And I, I wonder if, um, yeah. if that could have been like, maybe like a red flag is like, if you're already struggling now, it's probably just going to get harder once you get married. Yeah. So, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. But. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone struggles and especially in our culture with, we're told not to have sex yeah. until they're married. Yeah. So they want to have sex. Yeah. People, yeah. People have a lot of hormones and they want to jump into it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that motivates people to get married sooner than they should. Right. I almost wish I would have just messed up. <laughs> we would have slipped up. Yeah. Because sometimes that was a, an anchor. Like, like things will be better when we can be intimate. Yeah. But it just wasn't enough. Uh-huh. Um, there was a lot more issues and just that, that wasn't, that wasn't just the only thing we were missing. Yeah. No, I think that's really interesting. I want to kind of dive into it. Cause I feel like you have a unique perspective on some of your fights that you had with your first wife. Like what were some of like the lessons that you took as far as communication that like, that you've learned from that or that you would want to tell other people like if you're fighting in this way that's a definitely you know like what, what were some of your experiences or what's some like lessons you took away from your communication styles yeah i mentioned like a lot of times she would retreat and i would chase mm-hmm. and i should have never done that like she i should have respected that she needs some time away and that i should never avoid gotten into her space at that yeah. time because it's 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 scary for her when she's emotional and i'm pursuing her it could be be perceived and be taken the wrong way yeah so i guess for those couples like when i think it's a really important principle is like you know not always like chasing after them when they're trying to take a step back when would you say but i feel like that's also a tough line to cross because sometimes like people might retreat wanting to be chased when would you say like is the like an appropriate time to chase versus to not chase like how how can a couple how, how can a person know whether they should do that or not yeah i mean in my in my current marriage my wife is totally that way like if she is upset she wants me to make it better right now. Yeah. So, I mean, it just comes down to the person. You have to know that person. And just a, a general rule of thumb in my household, if we're upset, no one can leave the house. Mm. I don't want anyone driving upset. I don't want anyone getting in a car. When I was in high school, when I, I broke, a girl broke up with me and I was just distraught, mm. I got in a car crash. Yeah. So that's just kind of something from my past, but just little things like that. Like you can go in your room. I'll stay in the living room. Mm-hmm. Like if you need some time, I've always asked my wife, like if you truly need some time, just tell me and I'll let you like, yeah. she likes to shower when she's upset. Yeah. So she'll tell me, I just need to go take a shower. So yeah. otherwise I know to pursue her. Yeah. 
I would add something, um, and I I want to say that it was maybe Wendy, our marriage therapist, that mm-hmm. that told us this. But she kind of said like, if you're hungry or tired, like if you haven't eaten or if you haven't slept in a long time, those are situations where you need to just like resolve that. Like yeah. physical things sometimes make the situation worse. But if you have eaten and if you've gotten enough sleep and you're still really angry, that's something that needs to be resolved. But I think that's another thing that I think a lot totally. of couples. Like even last night, I was having this whole like meltdown and I realized I hadn't eaten for like eight hours and mm-hmm. I was that like I got some food and talked to Nathan and I felt way better. Right. So I think those are some things that like, or maybe, you know, like you said, your wife sometimes just wants to take a shower and needs to take a step back. But then a lot of times, like if you've done all those things and you're still really upset, it's something you need to talk about. Right. Absolutely. So I think anyway, that's something that I've kind of learned. That I'm that I'm working on figuring out. I was like, yeah. am I hungry and tired, or am I actually like really mad? And if I'm mad, we need to talk about this. So yeah, yeah. Okay. I think and something that is that's not talked about enough is arguments and bickering is inevitable, mm-hmm. especially in marriage. I mean, you're with that you're you're with that person more than any person you've ever been in your life. Even oh, yeah. when you were a kid, you might live under your parents' roof, but you know, I can think of countless times I was just playing video games in my room away from everybody. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get that a lot with your spouse. You're with them more than anybody, but it's just. It comes down to, especially when you're dating, like how often are you fighting? What mm. are the fights about? How serious are those fights? And kind of analyzing those things. Because just like in, you know, Ali's example, like people have meltdowns and people have emotions and those things are completely okay. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Marriage is so hard. I mean, you have to balance so many things. You have school and finances and work and make as some things as simple as who you're spending Christmas, what in-laws you're spending Christmas yeah. with. Like, Absolutely. Like that sounds so dumb, but those things are, that's like some of the hard things about marriage. Mm-hmm. And those are going to create stressors that are going to cause some yeah. um, emotions that might cause them to fight. So it's not that fighting's not normal. It's the way that you do it yeah. is bad. Like but the way there are, the way that me and my ex-wife would fight was very toxic. Yeah. And I guess a great resource for that is the four horsemen, like the four like fighting styles. Now and I did an episode about that. I think it's episode six. So if you guys are like curious about that, go check out that episode. Um, yeah, there's a lot sense. of research then that I've studied in my classes at BYU about that. And just that it sounds like maybe um, in your first marriage, like when things are really tough, like it's almost this way of like trying to cope. You like you say like really nasty things to each other, hoping that they'll like be like, oh, wow, I really hurt you. I'm sorry. Like mm-hmm. apologize. But it usually doesn't turn out that well. So definitely listen to that episode if you feel like that's yeah, something you're struggling absolutely. with. Anyway. No, but that's awesome, Fisher. I want to kind of like wrap things up now. This has been seriously like so helpful and so fun to hear. And I, it seriously makes me so happy to hear like how happy you are now and like right. how positive your relationship is. And sometimes you do have to have like those those ups and downs, those downs to know like, like they talk about in the scriptures, like there's no happiness without sadness, there's no joy without misery. Like without knowing that this was what a bad relationship looks like, you can never know that this is what a, a great relationship looks like. And so if you're in a situation, maybe you've been divorced, maybe you've had a really bad breakup, like those things are okay. There's no reason to like feel bad about yourself or feel like people are judging you. Like that's just a learning experience for you because now where Fisher's at in his life, he has such a happy relationship that I'm sure that all the pain he's went through, it's like worth it to have this relationship. So I think that's just totally okay. And like, just learn from it. And and Fisher's been such a good example too. Is like, he's not like blaming everything on his previous wife. He's saying, okay, what could I have done differently? What did I learn from this? And like, he's now able to apply that. So I think Fisher's an awesome example of like, yeah, he had this bad experience, but now he's like made everything such a more positive experience and like he's Absolutely. found the good from it, you know? Like what can I learn from this? And and has probably had a way better marriage than he would yeah. have had 
because of that. So Absolutely. that's good for you, Fisher. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. Well, any Fisher, I want to like leave it up to you now. Like what are some like the biggest lessons, some of the biggest pieces of advice you'd give to the young couples out there, whether they're maybe dating somebody that they're thinking about getting married or maybe they're in their first couple months, couple weeks of marriage. And it hasn't been what they expected. Like what's, what would, what would be your pieces of advice you'd give to these couples? Yeah. I mean, patience is huge because I think that it, we almost got addicted to fighting. Mm. Like, not that we enjoyed it, but it's just like, it became such a habit. Like, if problems arose, that's exactly what we jumped into. And I didn't have patience with her and vice versa. So having patience with your person is huge because it might, I like to think ours was a domino effect. And if there was patience at the beginning of the train, those dominoes never been flipped over. Mm. So that's biggest thing is patience. And I'm still working on that. My wife's way more patient than I am, and which what I think most women are. Yeah, It's a gift they have. And then really like, and I, you guys probably touched on it. I'm not sure about love languages. It's mm-hmm. yeah. huge. And love languages can change too. I used to be a, a super touchy person. And since my divorce, that's kind of a, a guard that I've put up. And my wife is a super touchy person. So I, I've kind of had to learn to incorporate that mm-hmm. for her. But, you know, just knowing your, your significant other's love languages is huge because yeah. if you know what matters to them, it, your relationship's always going to be worth it always going to work. Yeah. You know, something I've always, I didn't realize before is, you know, your relationships are always, they always require work. Mm -hmm. No matter if you've been married 50 years or two years or 75 years, doesn't matter. You, you have to keep working at it. Um, and my parents are a good example of that. Anytime they have a rough spot, I I notice that they really hone in on figuring out that issue and they work on it. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful for their example. But, you know, just understanding what those love languages are for your significant other can go a long ways. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm really happy about that. And I want to hear, too, like any other lessons that you've taken from your current marriage where it's a lot more positive or where you've had such a great experience? What what are some of the takeaways you've had from from that marriage so far? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that I really enjoy about our marriage is we do things together. Mm. Whereas my last marriage, I a lot of the time we were on the same 900-foot apartment, but she might have been in our room and I might have been in another part of the apartment do it our own things just because we didn't, I, and it's okay not to have a lot in common with your spouse. It's mm-hmm. hard. You know, we're, we're different genders. Yeah. I'm a big sports guy. Not a lot of girls are super into sports, but my current wife is really awesome. Like she's learned to love the jazz. So that's mm-hmm. something that, she, you know, we love going to jazz games. Yeah. We love watching movies together, like just like little things and that you guys can do together, board games and just things that you guys can do together mm-hmm. go a long ways because it creates those hobbies and those things that make your relationship special and bond you together for exactly yeah that's awesome well some of my takeaways that i'm gonna try to apply better now that fisher has been on is just uh focusing on ali's love language more and trying to speak that more i think that's that's huge of keeping that connection alive and then just Mm -hmm. i love what you said too just like finding those fun things to do together like just stay connected like stay making sure your relationship but that i think goes back to building like the friendship you know going to jazz games together playing board games together whatever it might be like that is going to continue to build your friendship because that's going to be the foundation of all like happy successful marriages is having a really good friendship and doing those activities together is going to help to strengthen that yeah absolutely and i would just say for any of our listeners who are in a situation where they're in a relationship that they're not sure about i would just learn from fisher and really think long and hard and and know that it's okay like if you're not happy to to want more because it mm-hmm. sounds like Fisher has found an amazing woman who's just like perfect for him and like they've found a really awesome thing and and that's something that everyone deserves and everyone can have obviously like you said I love what you said at the beginning Fisher like nobody is perfect and it's like relationships take work of course 
But at the same time, like you should definitely never feel like miserable in your relationship. And so always know that it's okay to just like want more for yourself. And mm-hmm. and that's possible for everyone out there. So. Yeah, totally. Well, this has been really inspiring for sure. Any last words, any last words of wisdom, uh, pieces of advice you would give to that? Yeah. I mean, if you're kind of just to piggyback off what she's saying, you know, if you're in a current relationship that you're unhappy with, that you feel stuck in or miserable in, whether that's a marriage or Mm-hmm. Even an engagement, yeah. there's times where I feel like I should have broke off the engagement. I never did. I think those those thoughts are valid and you should really consider it. I know the, the a lot of the reasons why people don't get divorced is because they're worried about other what other people think. Mm-hmm. I receive more love than I ever could have expected from friends and family. People I haven't spoke to for in years reached out to me. Wow. So people are in your corner. There's always sides to be had. It's always going to be he said, she said, said in these situations. But mm-hmm. the best part about it is if you are serious about it and you are ready to take that break from that person, you can go live a happy new life. It's, yeah. it's very possible. You can turn a new leaf at any time. You just gotta, you gotta do it. Yeah. Well, this awesome. is awesome. Thanks so much, Fisher. You're the man. In case you ever have questions for Fisher, I'll put his Instagram on. So feel free to DM him, right? <laughs> Get some <laughs> We're advice offering from that this for guy. You. Yeah, we'll <laughs> put that out for you. But uh, anyway, this has been really awesome. Yeah, thanks, thanks so, much. so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we'll see you.